when you were talking about Collada. the dresses earlier, uh, Emily, Emily yeah, all I could think of the entire time was, Emily! <laughs> <laughs> I cook us for the And there's an Emily, like, play coming yeah, out every time I see it, you're just like, Emily! I walk past the poster at King's Cross Station every day, and I'm like, Emily! <laughs> Welcome to Barcase, ladies My name is Nima Martin, I'm your moderator, I say them pronouns. And last week I went to see the concert version of Les Mis, and it was pretty disappointing. Um, and I was going to do an episode about it, but like I have like six notes about it, oh, and man. it was like... Um, are you going to do them before everyone else has done their intros, or are you going to? Um, or are you going to let us introduce these ourselves? Will react you can be to no, the yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what <laughs> teaser for coming up. <laughs> if you get if you get through all of our waffling bullshit, yeah. <laughs> that's the rewarding oh. content. Um, hi, I'm Grace. <laughs> I use they them pronouns too. I'm your. F- primary researcher and your artist boy <laughs> today i've been to roaring i got a new laptop and it delights me <laughs> like i get to sit on the train and like draw on the screen and i feel really fancy and, and, and people looking over your shoulder yeah i'm trying not to think about that yeah. <laughs> i'm really trying not to think about that it's the worst thing wow can you draw me <laughs> <laughs> I'm Stevie, your secondary researcher, she, her pronouns, and I went bowling this week. That's cool. Ooh, Did you nice. No. How dare you? You're letting <laughs> the team down. I, well, <laughs> it was my work due that the three oh. different brands I work for, because it's only like me who works for each of them, <laughs> and then Stephen also has one <laughs> other person that we were like... What if we all do a Christmas do together? Oh my god. Which is really sweet, actually, because me and Joanna got paid for the whole night, and we were like, yeah, because they just, the three of them split our costs. Mm. So we went bowling, and I've not had that much to drink in a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) And I got better the drunker I was. Excellent. (laughs) Fucking fantastic. I love the idea that it was just you and your three bosses. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes a family is two part-time workers and three bosses. You've just no, got to deal with it. Don't let the corporations shirt. tell you that. Oh. No, it was really good. We had a good time. We would have kept bowling, and then I looked at the time and was like, whoa, the last tube is going, and I've got a text from Sarah, like, I'm worried about you where I am. But I'm drunk. <laughs> Coming now, an hour later, she's already in bed. Oh, oh, no. I've been sat in the dark in the kitchen eating plain loaf slices of bread. <laughs> like, this will sober me up. <laughs> and then I had the dentist the next morning at 9am and I was still a bit drunk. <laughs> so you can imagine how loud those drills in my mouth were. <laughs> Which would lead nicely onto the other awful thing that happened to me that day, but it might take too long. Go ahead, go for it. Um, which, now that I've had a day away from it, I was like, maybe this is how Fantine felt. Oh my god. <laughs> no, not the, the worst moment. You know when she's sat there watching, like, the law happening to her on one hand and Jean Valjean on the other, and mm. they're, like, talking so much legal jargon, yeah. and she's just sat there like, you can't even react. 
I basically got the most uh, well put together scam call, and usually I'm very good at picking these out, but mm. they had recorded part of what the actual HMRC automated voice says. Mm. So I just pick up the phone and it's like, this is the HMRC, Customs and Revenue. Mm. We're now putting you through to an operator. And then click through to a person and basically, it sounds like, damn, retelling it, but... It just caught you at the moment where I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it happens. The, basically, the situation was that he was telling me that I had messed up my taxes that I owed over a grand, they think that I did that on purpose, knowingly. Mm. There's a warrant out for me. I'm going to have to go to a court hearing. But it was, it, it like, was this slow escalation, and he was using so much, like, under article this, that, and the other. This thing is being recorded. This can be used in your court case. This, this is, like, where it's going to be. And it was just... He was so... Not, like, man shouting at me, but, you know, when it's that very forceful man voice mm, and it's like mm. this this that you don't even have a second to like yeah. pull yourself together you're just like oh what and being like oh i don't understand what you're saying and then like just explaining but so rapidly and just so much like legal terms mm. and i don't really know how that kind of thing works and you're like well i am self-employed and i do do my own taxes it's very possible maybe i have made a mistake mm. a grand doesn't seem like a crazy amount to have mistakenly not paid so Maybe also because I was a bit hungover, but I was just, like, completely 100% up to the f- the first 15 minutes of this call believed it because there was just so much, so many legal things and words yeah. that I didn't understand mm. and I was so caught off guard. Mm. And it was only when then my boss came in and he was like, are you sure that this is not a scam? There was like, well, in the back of my head, I'm hoping that's what it is. Yeah. But it took him sort of being like, give me the phone is this a scam? If it's not a scam, then it should be okay for her to call you back with the number from the HMRC website Mm, mm. to prove that this is right. Mm. I don't know. You you think that in that moment you'll be like, oh, this is, I'm going to be able to handle myself. But it sort of took someone else being like, if this is legit, you're allowed to say, can you pause? I need to put myself together because I was literally like on the phone shaking, like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, I don't Mm. understand half of what you're saying to me. Mm. Having someone else say, even if this is real, you can call them back to verify this is actually the HMRC. Yeah. Which, so then he sort of kept that person busy on the phone. I called up and they were like, no, this is like a really good scammer mm. who's caught a couple people. We'll take the number. No, everything is fine. I can see that everything is fine. But mm. like, yeah, when you've just, you don't understand all the things being said to you, it's mm. like, it was so easy to get caught up in it all. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, I feel so stupid. Like, Maybe it should have been obvious, but it really felt real. Yeah. This maybe could be related to my man. <laughs> I like that you're always on the job. And that's yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Fucking amazing. Talking Talk- of less scary things. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't know. It was just the sort of the concert that I went to see was just very disappointing. It had none of this emotional energy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it was basically like they're kind of warming up the London audience Mm -hmm. to the new staging because they had I can't remember if we've clarified now but the Japanese staging that I went to see and that we did a special on is Mm. what is going to be oh it is the new staging okay I don't know about all of the stage pieces like the big set pieces and (laughs) stuff the grappling hand (laughs) yeah exactly Javert being yeeted Um, but the like projections and the style and 
most of choreo is going to be the same. And also, one of the reasons why they've done it is because Les Mis used to be um, an RS- Royal Shakespeare Company production. Mm-hmm. And they have changed all of the blocking and the staging so that they no longer have to pay royalty to the Royal Shakespeare Company. <laughs> so the Royal Shakespeare Company is like losing their biggest asset Holy because shit. Cameron Mackintosh doesn't want to pay anyone else mm-hmm. for his show. Damn. So it's like, oh uh, yeah, it's just it's terrible. Like, well, uh, I mean, RSC is also like probably one of the biggest top three, at least mm. top ten, probably top five theatre companies in the UK. So I, I don't see that they can like cry about losing it's probably some a income. Respectable it's, amount. It's of probably income, a very like... respectable amount. Yeah. They are also saying, oh, we're gonna have to like cut. Uh, like workshops and stuff now and stuff and it's like well also you could focus on that rather than doing other things yeah anyway so yeah that's one of the big reasons why and also they want to freshen it up damn they sure just went oh man we should stop paying these people for the work they did (laughs) yeah man the legal hustle one thing that really surprises me this and the other concert cast that also had matt lucas in is that People who go and see it like Matt Lucas. Who's that? The comedian um, Little Britain. Little Britain. All I can randomly suddenly think of is Alice in Wonderland. He was. Oh my um, god, he was he in that? He was the. Um, I, oh god, my brain is going thing one and thing two, but that's not <laughs> that! He's Tanadier, and he mm. comes on stage uh-huh. and gets like the biggest applause ever. And like, if it was the normal staging, mm. like. An actual production, I'd be like, okay, yeah, because you know, people go and see theatre. Yeah. But this is the concert cast, which means that people who only really like Les Mis went to see the concert cast because mm. it was the all star concert cast, but like all star meaning like theatre all star. Yeah. Because it had like, yeah, the people who have played Jean Valjean for XYZ, blah, blah, and like then it was Matt Lucas on stage. I just really hate how Matt Lucas plays Tenardier. It's so like all of the worst bits of Tenardier, the mm. like, campy effeminate just really bad and making a huge deal out of the that one's a queer thing like really big deal out Mm -hmm. of it like starts vamping for like 30 seconds on stage kind of big deal about it anyway bitter about that and then the new fucking tickets for the new staging Um. so expensive it's so frustrating like again like i've told um these two but like the cheapest tickets you can get are like 35, 45 quid and then it goes up to like 200 quid. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh yeah, you're going to see a play about <laughs> social inequality yeah. and you're going to pay 50 quid to sit right at the back of the theatre. Yeah. Are they not going to do the the standing thing? Uh, probably, but they don't advertise them. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so standing tickets before were 10 quid, so I can only imagine they've gone up mm-hmm. to like 20. Mm-hmm. I love that it's like, wow, we don't need to pay royalties for this anymore, so we'll charge twice as much. Exactly, yeah. Mm. And it's like, you know, we're the highest grossing, we're the longest running, and it's like, so you didn't just save up that money to renovate the theatre? Because I think that's what they'll say, right? Like, oh, we're mm. only charging so much now because we had to renovate the theatre, and mm. it's like, well, you've had 35 years to save up, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. Um, talking of social inequality. Oh, no. <laughs> I've got to reattach the... Oh. This is the, this is the smoothest segue. 
We've gone high tech. We've gone high tech, and it's definitely not because I've forgotten my book. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, fucking using I'll my... make us the paper noises. Oh. Wow, now that I've found um, the chapter one of the seventh book... <laughs> thanks for... Wow, the folio work. Yeah, <laughs> damn, it's real good. That's what I'm really here for. <laughs> Welcome to book the seventh, the Jean Mathieu affair, um, which is just, wow... Who expected that Jean Valjean and Jean Mathieu were going to have an affair? Honestly, <laughs> like Listen, I didn't see that I've coming. I've read some fanfics recently. <laughs> it's kind of self-sessed in a really yeah. strange way. I don't know enough about. Have we well, met this character yet? We haven't met Jean Mathieu, but Jean Mathieu is the one that Jean Valjean that um, Javert was like. Um, <laughs> uh, Mathieu was his mother's name and Jean sounds like Jean <laughs> if you say it in this accent so... I see him and he looks exactly the same Trust me. and he's got the same builds <laughs> okay excellent so yeah, that, okay, that's Jean Mathieu yeah, so we start um, chapter one which is sister Simplice Simplice sister Simplice simplicity simplicity um, we're <laughs> It starts in such a um, a Hugo way, which is like, mm, this is just like, like no one knows about this stuff. And it's like, um, you know, lots of just really small details. But if we didn't clarify this in all of our minute details, um, we would be not, we would be owing the reader because we preserve it for the out of respect for the truth. <laughs> no thanks. Shut, like shut, shut up, please, please be quiet. And we get introduced to the um, the two nuns who have been looking after Fontaine in the hospital, and the first one is just a normal woman, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's basically the way that um, she's um, Sister Perpetue. Um, is she is an ordinary villager, <laughs> which makes it sound like she's an Animal Crossing character <laughs> in a way that I really appreciate. I imagined her to be like villager number one in an RPG. Yeah, oh, it's just like, yeah. hello, fellow traveller. Would you like some pears? <laughs> yeah. um, she's described as um, being like a nun in the way that other women are cooks, which. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is Hugo, so does he mean it comes to her just so naturally? No, I think he means it in the way where it's like um, a woman in a, a woman who is a cook just cooks and oh. like serves food. She's so she just nun. like all she, what she does is like she fulfills her nunly duties, but like doesn't. There's no no spirit to it. She's described, she, the, the, my favourite phrasing for it is, the monastic orders gladly accept this heavy peasant earthenware. Oh, <laughs> I want to be heavy peasant earthenware. Yeah, tag it's just, it's a really, it's a, just a bizarre, she's described as a robust nun who, um, um, yeah, like, she's described as a boar who is at once on the same footing as a monk. Um, a little more amplitude in the smock and it becomes a frock. Um, she's robust. She chatters her patois, drones grumbled, sugared the potion according to the bigotry or hypocrisy of the invalid, treated her patients abruptly, roughly, and was crabbed with the dying. <laughs> she was crabbed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, stoned to their death agony with prayers, mumbled with rage. 
was bold, honest, and ruddy. So honestly, she sounds like the most interesting character <laughs> in this book so far. <laughs> Can I ask quickly, are we working off the same translator as this the is, other one? Um, I assume this is this has a very different feel to it. I have mm. not looked at who the translator is. It has a very different feel to it, so I'm assuming that it's a different... Mm. Um, so there's It mentions... Like, some of the character names are... Um, translated slightly uh-huh. differently, so I'm, I'm assuming just enjoying this is a how they've uh, chosen to describe to, to this. Describe some yeah, mm. so there might be sort of like tonal differences that we might notice today that come from there being a difference in translation mm-hmm. rather than necessarily purposeful. We must look up if it's a steady earthenware village. I don't remember that being in the reread that I just did, uh, which is why I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> and yeah. also, I think. Um, this one is closer to the one that I but but this one is closer mm. to the one that I read because um, using the word patois mm. which you, came up quite a lot in my translation that mm-hmm. I was reading which is interesting because for me patois is obviously for 21st century people or maybe not obviously but I always associate it with like languages black people speak because of colonialism mm. <laughs> um Whereas with this, I'm assuming the patois is more of the, I googled it, the class thing in France rather yeah. than the... Yeah. I thought it was an interesting thing to draw attention to because of the way that the next sister is described as well. Mm. So um, I am assuming that it's directly meant as a a class thing, but mm-hmm. then also like the first thing that is said about Sister Simplice, Sister Simplice, um <laughs> is Sister Samplice was white. Mm. Like, so it's like... Uh-huh. I've been cataloguing this quite a lot. Yeah. Now, and it is it is interesting because mm. it is interesting to see what characters are described as white. Yeah. Quite a few of them are, but then some of them aren't. Jean Valjean isn't, mm. which was great for me in my PhD. Nice, <laughs> yeah. But also later on gets pale or like is paler or et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of times when characters are described as dark or looking almost black mm. or having tan skin, it's because they've been out in the sun working. Mm. And so it's less... So, well, I would like to say yes, mm. but also Hugo does mention three black characters. Explicitly. Yeah, mm. and when they are, they are black. Mm. So, yeah, it it is interesting. Like, I want to say yes. Yeah. That would mm. be cool. Mm. That... Mm. Like only when he mentions someone being white, they are. But yeah. I think it is the lack of being white is more of um, working in the sun. Yeah, kind of. yeah, yeah. And also like the way in which she is described as white is like um, as much a personality feature mm. as like a a skin color mm. or like features based um, mm. feature. It was just the contrast between the two of them was like an interesting, yeah. an mm. interesting thing. She's described as the taper beside the candle, which I don't know what that means. Is it the taper, the little hat you put on the candle to blow it out? No, the taper, actually, interesting. A taper is the um, long piece that you would light in order to Uh, light the candle. mm. So, short lived. Yeah, like it brings light to the candle. Mm. Which one was the taper? Um, Sister Samplice was the was the candle, Maybe it's was the, the taper because she's thin compared to yeah the uh, broadness of a candle, yeah. but also like 
it's the actual carrier of the light like brings i don't know it just seems a, it seems a a slightly i think, I think based on hugo and his it's women, just because it's yeah. she's thin okay because okay, cool. yeah. he mentions especially with um uh fuck uh Oh, our fuck, my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Magloire, Magloire, Magloire. Magloire. Oh, and, yeah, and um, Baptistine. Baptistine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Their size comparison was made a lot. One being really thin, and one mm-hmm. being really fat. Okay. And so he mm-hmm. likes putting female characters together. <laughs> Fontaine and cool. Madame Thenardier. Mm. One is really thin and one is really big. Okay. It's it is his doubling of that women because yeah, you can only yeah. be a really thin, pretty, pale girl or a really fat, coarse. Yeah, yeah nice. Okay, yeah. thanks, um, Victor Hugo, for <laughs> that. Um, oh, she's described. She's very. She's very like. She's very Fontaine in the way that she's described. You know, she's this like very um, idealized sort of character. Um, she had never been young before, and it seemed she would never grow old. Um, no one could tell um, her age. She was gentle, austere, well-bred, cold, and who had never lied. So gentle, <laughs> she appeared fragile. The most interesting thing for me in the way that she was is described, because it's n- not something that I think Hugo has said before, but um, um, she was a person, we dare not say a woman. Mm. She's like... I will choose to do fun gender things with that, but I, I know it's a it's him separating the. It feels like it's a separation of the um, roles and personality that she carries out to the things that he associates with womanliness. He does it quite a lot in the uh, later chapter when they later chapters mm. when they're in the um, petty. The, 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 uh, the convent mm. um, later when they're hiding out in the convent. Uh-huh. Uh, I've just done a big like yeah, read yeah, of that. Yeah, so yeah. like mm. it is about like he complains a lot about how women have been like trapped in convents, and it's really shameful that convents still exist because women aren't allowed to be sexy there and they're all like non-gendered and they're all like some of them acting like men and it's tragic and i got into a kind of tumblr fight about this the other day i got to see that go down yeah (laughs) like hugo they went there to get away from specifically you yeah exactly yeah it's another one of those things like Ah, uh, fucking Hugo. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. also he's like, this is where the quote, um, they say that slavery doesn't exist in Europe anymore, but they're that wrong. Poor. It only exists it's for, for women, women. Yeah. and it's because they go into convents that he compares it to slavery. <laughs> oh it's God. like... I thought it was before it was prostitution. Oh, so there's another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah Okay, yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. other one. Oh, wow, they do that again yeah, later? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. A the lot other... of people chose to go to con- like not not yeah. everyone, but a lot of women would have preferred. I'm sure. Yeah. God damn. Oh Hugo. Oh. Ooh. Oh Hugo. Yeah. The other main introduction, um, main thing about Sister Simplice's character is that she. This comes from almost her perspective. The way that this is, the way that this is uh, written. She is renowned for her imperturbable veracity, which is just <laughs> a great fucking phrase. I rate it. 
however pure or, uh, or or sincere we may be, we all bear upon our candor the crack of the little um, innocent lie. She did not. Um, little innocent lie. Does such a thing exist? To lies, the absolute form of evil. Um, it like goes on like this for a while. Um, Satan has two two names. He is called Satan and lying. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Which is just great. I love that. Um, yeah, so we get this idea that um, her, in her goodness, chooses absolutely not to lie. She, she is described as um, absolutely white, a whiteness that covers even her lips and her eyes with her radiance. Her smile was white, her glance is white. It's just a, it's a bizarre sort of vibe. We um, get uh, afterwards, she, these are the two sisters who have been looking after um Fontaine and the the pious woman um, had conceived an affection for Fontaine um, and has been looking after her very well. Um, Madeline gets Sister Simplice and says that um, she needs to take serious care after her. Fontaine says that she only lives when um, Monsieur Madeline is there um, and she's getting more and more unwell at some point. The um, The doctor goes to goes to Madeline and and says that she is losing ground fast. One day he stays with her for an hour instead of half an hour. And then returns to the town hall where the clerk observes him attentively examining a road map of France which hangs in his study. <laughs> Chapter 2. <laughs> nice and subtle. <laughs> I never. I guess this is the same boy who was like have money that I can just take as fast as i can yeah. just have that somewhere just in case <laughs> yeah no just, reason yeah just in case yeah this chapter is called the perspicacity of martha chauffleur which is again what <laughs> just, what does perspicacity mean perspicacity is like um like a sharp sort of intelligence as far as i remember mm. is what i would Quick, Google, tell me. I couldn't even (laughs) pretend to make a guess. Having a ready insight into an understanding of things. Mm. Great, you're doing my job now. I don't have to look at my phone. Well, I I have a device right (laughs) here, so I could just do it. So um, we get introduced to a man called Master Choffler, who is a Fleming, Mm. who, which, so as in from, it was Flemish. Mm. Like, I associate that in my head with Judaism, but I don't know if that's true. No, Flemish is, um, is that Dutch? Yes, Dutch, yeah. Yeah, I was like, pretty sure it's the Netherlands, but I don't want to say it out loud in case I'm really wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Southern Dutch. Okay. Low Franconian (laughs) Dutch. Yeah, there you go. So this is my favourite chapter in the whole book because uh-huh. it's the second time that had I had my actual text I would have been able to highlight in the colour which is horse colour. Because <laughs> 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 Master Chauffleur lets out horses and cabriolets as desired. I assume from context that cabriolets are carriages because yeah. I ah. didn't look it up. <laughs> yeah, they are. And also yeah. it's the origin of uh, hail a cab because you're hailing ah, a cabriolet. That's ah. nice. Yeah. I think. I just made that up. I'm pretty sure that it was... <laughs> oh. Like, oh, you said it was such that. authority. Because <laughs> no, I was thinking about it the other day and I was like... Because I was thinking about the word um, cab and mm. I was like, that doesn't come from taxi. And then mm. I was like, oh, like cabriolet. Cab- 
brother. Yeah. I feel like only someone reading Les Mis could have ever had that little... Yeah. Oh, like Cabriolet. Well, just the thing to remember is that um, even though we're an educational podcast, um, everything that we say is well, like, it should be right? said with a, yeah, with no, a yeah, pinch yeah, of salt. Well, the cab or taxi cab or hansom cab is a shortening of Cabriolet. Of Cabriolet. Yeah, Interesting. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. So when it came over to London and it was like a cab. Yeah. Fucking rad. Because we can't speak French, so we're like cab. Cab. That sounds about right. I fucking yeah. love that. I love that as a vibe. That thrills me. This episode is worth it. <laughs> it is worth it. I love it. So we find Master Chaffleur at home where he's stitching a harness. Nice. <laughs> Master Chaffleur, have your good horse, Monsieur Mayor. All my horses are good. Um, <laughs> I just this oh, this whole interchange is so good. Um, what do you mean by a good horse? I mean a horse that can travel twenty leagues in a day. The deuce, twenty leagues. Yes, hitched to a cabriolet. Yes, and how long can he rest at the end of his journey? He must be able to set out the next day if necessary to traverse the same road. Yes, the deuce, the deuce, and it is twenty leagues. I'm so glad we finally found the minor character that you're going to play. <laughs> it's literally please, like oh. God, you can you can do you can do your rewrite of Les Mis where there are like no white people in it, but please can I play? Just me. Oh God. Um, Why does this white get, person get to be in the play? Um, because they can. They're my friend. Because <laughs> they can sew and they can talk with great enthusiasm about horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sums you up basically that's it <laughs> oh god I'm gonna I just I'm gonna read this whole thing out because it makes me a horse person really excited <laughs> um, Monsieur Maire returned the Fleming I have just what you want my little white horse you may have seen him pass occasionally he is a small beast from the lower Boulonnaire the Boulonnaise he is full of fire they wanted to make a saddle horse of him at first bah <laughs> He reared, he kicked, he laid everyone flat on the ground. He was thought to be vicious and then no one knew what to do with him. I bought him. I harnessed him to a carriage. This is what he wanted, sir. He is gentle as a girl. He goes like the wind. Ah, indeed, he must not be mounted. It does not suit, it does not suit his ideas to be a saddle horse. Everyone has his ambition. Draw? Yes. Carry? No. We must suppose is what he said to himself. Oh my god. I love this man and I love his voice. I just love I'm also loving this metaphor, by the way. I haven't found the metaphor. I'm just excited about the horse. <laughs> you, you usually are like yeah. so. In no, it. I'm just. It could blinded. mean this or it could mean no, this. I'm you saw by the horse, horse and you were like yeah. the horse. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, wow, that's a good story about a horse. <laughs> It's definitely not about chaining people to no. things that they can't or shouldn't do because of appearances. And... I love that in your world that you were living, Hugo also paused and he's like, <laughs> everything's in Im- his imagery, everything he's telling us, you're like, Hugo also is just like, here's a fucking good story about a horse. <laughs> Read on the person I have. <laughs> it's just like, oh, like uh, abs- 
absolute like region obsessed with metaphors. I'm like, ooh, this probably means something. The taper with the candle. It's probably her, like. <laughs> And literally two minutes later. It's like, wow, everyone thought this person was bad, but they were just in the wrong job. And I'm like, that's just a, that's just a good story about a horse. <laughs> yeah, I was really ready to like write this episode off, but I'm glad that we came back around. <laughs> Put it back. <laughs> All we needed was horses. <laughs> it turns out. Damn it, don't you say it. You guys will get ideas. <laughs> this is what Les Mis has needed this whole time. She really spices ho- us Just more horse content. And a breath. And out. I mean, the horse bullshit continues. <laughs> like... There's, you know, um, we get lots of details about um, the exact breaks that the horse needs to take Mm. and how um, it's really important that um, someone must eat with him, must sit while he takes his break to make sure that he gets all of his oats Mm. because in lots of inns, um, the stable men have the oats rather than the horses. Mm. Um, And because no one else is going in the cab, it will, like, the the, um, the, it's like... um, so someone will be by. In the second place, it's a cabriolet for Monsieur Le Maire? Yes. Does Monsieur Le Maire know how to drive? Yes. Well, Monsieur Le Maire will travel alone without baggage in order not to overload the horse. <laughs> Agreed. But as Monsieur Le Maire has no one with him, he will be obliged to take the trouble himself of seeing that the oats are not stolen. <laughs> <laughs> this, that is understood. <laughs> It's really good. Um, I like how Bajon has a script for how, how he talks to horse people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Jeez, sorry, it's all the beans. We didn't eat any beans. Yeah, the, the long look in your eyes was of someone who has been to the yard with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And refused to touch one horse, but it's fine. That's not true. Maybe you touched a horse. I touched it. Just didn't and like being in the place where there was loads of poo. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's definitely fine. Um, yeah, they make arrangements. This scene goes on for a really long time. <laughs> they ask questions about whether the horse's four legs are good and how he must be held when he's going down the hill. Um, it's my favourite scene in the book. <laughs> I love it. Um, the, uh, Monsieur Le Maire leaves... About ten minutes past, no, two or three minutes past, and then he comes back in and he goes, um, how much do you think your horse and your cab are worth? <laughs> um, one bearing the other, the one dragging the other, Monsieur Le Maire. <laughs> it's just, um, so, and um, he, he gives him 500 francs, basically, to cover in case he can't return them, So, the, which is an interesting implication. Um Mr. Chauflair is very upset that he didn't say a thousand francs because even though the horse was only uh, worth a hundred, they try to work out where he's going from the details of the journey that they got. Um, And then we get Monsieur Monsieur Madeleine returning home. Um, He takes the longest way to get home um, in case he was trying to avoid, like, as if the, um, the door of the home where he lived was a temptation for him and he was trying to avoid it. He goes up to his room and there's this weird sort of scene which describes like the light comes on 
and the light comes off and someone hears lots of him pacing up and down for a long time and the um the his portress thinks that the whole scene is rather strange and the person who lives below um is woken up by the sound of him walking this is what took place in monsieur madeline's room <laughs> chapter three <laughs> a tempest in a skull oh, <laughs> which is a, a whole scene and this here is where we finally get it finally gets revealed to us <laughs> that monsieur madeline is no other then Jean Valjean. Oh my god! <laughs> what? In case throughout this whole fucking thing. Wait a second. We hadn't worked You're that out. Me. I'm telling the you. The whole time. Believe it or not. Wait, so the same Madeleine that protected Fontaine. Yeah. Oh my god. And took the children from the fire. Oh my god. That's Jean Valjean. Wow, wild. Yeah. Next, you're going to be telling me that. He was also like, what else has he done? I can't Nothing. remember. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. 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 He also that. Yeah. The same. Same. Monsieur Madeleine who did that. Wow. The wow. mayor of... and felt guilty about boys. Chimney yeah. sweep boys. Randomly. <laughs> what you said it's not that, random at all. Felt guilty about <laughs> boys. And I was like, oh wow, oh. this <laughs> this is a read. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> No, wasn't mm. that a thing that it was like yeah, make sure yeah, yeah, to yeah. always pay yeah, the metro and you're like yeah. that has nothing to do with the man who upset a chimney boy earlier I'm no, sure. no 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 such thing no such thing this in this chapter is is aptly named a tempest in a skull honestly it is a very long chapter mm. and the main things that happens in it is a tempest it's a tempest and it happens in a skull um this is the chapter, by the way, that George Eliot, author of Middlemarch, was like, this chapter, the only good part of Les Mis. Everything else can, can suck a dick. Oh, it's very long. I really like Great. it. Oh, I yeah. disagree. <laughs> it's, fi- it, it's fine. Like, it's... It's, 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 it's good as that horse. horse. <laughs> it's no horse chapter. I guess it's fine. The horse had everything. Oats. A legs. Someone stitching a hook. How to hold the horse when it's going up or down a hill. <laughs> this one, it's only got some personal moral quandaries, a really good analysis of the human brain. Hey, do you want to read it? I have, I have areas of interest, <laughs> and they're horses. That's that's it. That's what I care about. Yeah. So. <laughs> Do they even mention one horse in this chapter? No. <laughs> There's a mention of a chimera and hydras. <laughs> Put a saddle on it, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just metaphorical. <laughs> metaphorical chimeras and hydras. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry, because of the conversation we had over dinner, I imagined... <laughs> A hydra in latex kinky fashion wear. And that, because like my brain went, oh, like a hydra wearing latex. And then went, no, wait, the latex would be of a hydra, but it was still in my brain. So there we go. That just puts a whole new perspective on Stevie saying, put a saddle on it and yeah, I'll consider it. <laughs> You're all welcome. My job just keeps on giving. <laughs> End of chapter three. <laughs> Place like <laughs> it exists. No, I'm pretty sure it does. 
Yeah, it oh. does because I remember reading it and sending it. To I parents. just looked down in the first sorry first word. I it was penetrate. <laughs> Do we have time to to? You go ahead. I'm just going to oh, be okay. looking at fan fictions. Okay. That, well, yeah. That's, yeah. A party player. Hate my search history. <laughs> yeah, actually, you put it on your search history. I'll listen to Grace. <laughs> we start off with like. A, we start off with a main sort of like description of some of briefly some of the things that um, Jean Valjean has been feeling now that we know that Jean Valjean <laughs> is actually um, Monsieur Madeleine. We have but little to, to add to what the reader already knows of what happened to Jean Valjean with the adventure with Petit Chavez. From that moment forth, we had seen a totally different man. What the bishop had wished to make of him, he carried out. But it was more than a transformation. It was a transfiguration. Yeah, we get the idea of him um, selling most of the silver, but keeping the candlesticks and, you know, creeping across France, Mm -hmm. um, trying to get somewhere safe. And we get the the ideas that have been ruling his life have been... um, to conceal his name and to sanctify his his life, which he describes as to escape men, which is to conceal mm. his name, and to return to God, which is to sanctify his life. And these are the sort of main ruling influences that have been um, have been ruling him. But when he comes to a crossroads, a crossroads, a, a moral quandary, he doesn't hesitate to sacrifice the first which is his security, to the second, which is his virtue, which was when he came to the fire and chose to save the children Mm -hmm. and potentially risk um, being known. The escaping the name thing is uh, is, is only really interesting because on some of my last read for I was looking specifically for instances where I could read race or transgender Mm -hmm. identity in. So that was one of the um, lines that I liked for Jean Valjean and trans identity yeah. because yeah the idea of like dead names and the horror of like seeing it and stuff mm. like that so mm. yeah I mean it's obviously not canon but mm-hmm. in a way where you're like it's a nice thing to read into something mm. yeah yeah death of the author yeah death of the author yeah <laughs> um, it well it sort of mostly breaks down the way that he is the like thought processes that mm-hmm. he's going through so like where he is at mentally at each phase as he's weighing up whether he is going to turn himself in or not to jail or not to jail <laughs> I mean that is the question <laughs> yeah. I mean if I if I run I am damned if I <laughs> whatever whatever les mis les mis les mis, les mis. <laughs> and this um, is where he finds a bottle of poison and sticks it in his uncle's ear. What? Hamlet. Oh. <laughs> Guys, come on, Hamlet, you know. <laughs> Work with me. <laughs> Work with me. It's an RSC production, come on. Yeah, well, it's yeah. just like turning to each other like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and me like, does he? I've not read this. His uncle? Shows what I fucking know. Yeah, yeah the reveal one. later, right? You guys know. in the Japanese I'm version. <laughs> I've never read Hamlet or seen a production of it. Really? No. Interesting. No. You're not missing that much. I've seen um, the important um, AU of Hamlet. Yeah. Oh, no, I wasn't thinking of um, Lion King. I was thinking of, oh, fuck. 
I can't even remember what it's called. What's the thing that we went to go and see that had um, Daniel Radcliffe in it? The one which is Hamlet from the back with the two people in it. Uh, Guildenstern and... Guildenstern and yeah, you thingamajig. Rosencrantz right, and Guildenstern are dead. Yeah, I've seen that. Mm. I've got no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here reading the book. <laughs> Um, he dines with a good deal of appetite. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, cool. I want to be yeah. primary research. Okay, yeah. go. <laughs> Wait, where did we? Where did you get us up to? Um, S- uh, sacrifice. <laughs> the bishop's holy words—they were beautiful words. See me. <laughs> this is going to be a really thrilling episode. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to Stevie reading the book. <laughs> There's a reference to Japan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay, so what I find really interesting about this chapter, as someone who has read it quite a few times in the last couple of months, mm. is that Jean Valjean is trying really, really hard to convince himself that he's being a good person by debating with himself. Mm-hmm. And, like, he'll have, like, a stream of consciousness in one direction end it and be like yes that was good I know I'm a good person Mm -hmm. so it's like um, oh if I'm doing my duty to the village if I'm like staying here and protecting everyone I'm a good guy like that's what Mm -hmm. they want they Mm -hmm. just need like if I go poverty is gonna happen blah blah Mm -hmm. blah. and he gets the end of the thought and he like sits down he's like great did it (laughs) did it to the end (laughs) and then it's like Three seconds later, he's like, okay, but what if God means that I actually need to do it the other way? And then he goes really hard in the other direction. And he doesn't... The thing that I really like about the chapter is that he doesn't pull any punches mm. for himself. Like, he mm-hmm. will go really hard in that direction. The sort of... The the, the structure of the chapter, like, it starts mm. off more with him thinking about, like, the way... the What is the right thing for him to do in himself? In the way where it's like, ah... Oh, if um like the person that i am i should be thinking about i can be a good i can appear to be a good person mm-hmm. whilst inter- like internally knowing that i have like left this man to be damned or i can be justified and be like an internally good person while being in hell which is like having gone back to gone back to the prisons and that mm-hmm. sort of thing so he starts off just being like oh right okay so what is the right thing for me and then has this sudden realization and goes wait a minute i'm not thinking about what's best for the people <laughs> of mcrm and like that and starts breaking that down into and then like directly after or like after that he's like no, but wait a second. This is what Providence wanted. This is what God <laughs> wanted for me. Who am I to question God? God really wants me to go, like, for this guy, Shamathieu, who the fuck is he? God hates him, obviously, and loves me, obviously. So, who am I to meddle? Um, it doesn't concern me. What? Am I not satisfied with God's work? <laughs> I mean, come on. And then he like, sits down and is like, no, I'm evil if I think that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and he's like, no, this guy, like, he's going to go to fucking jail. Like, he's yeah, going to serve yeah. prison for me. Like, mm. I hated it. And he's not even going to be justified for going. Like, and then he's like, no, but like this old man, he got caught stealing apples. Yeah. That's fucking bad. Yeah. Like, he should go to prison for it, actually. Yeah. Javert, lock him up. 
And he's like, no, come, like, yeah. The difference, the difference again, the like the phrasing between those two bits as well mm. is so fucking funny because it goes from being like this poor man, like <laughs> he might have not even stolen any apples. It might be that like because they're labeling him as me and they're seeing him as a convict, they're assuming that he just stole the apples and he probably didn't. And then flips back and he's like, oh, this fucking guy, like, <laughs> he's pro- like he stole the apples. He's probably done things that are even worth going to the galley. Let probably me just killed someone. Like he's probably terrible and like flips back on it. Like, and it's just like the way that he paints Sean Mathieu, like mm. between what he's trying to justify to himself. Yeah. Like changes so dramatically mm. throughout the, like flipping backwards and forwards throughout mm. the chapter. That's quite good. Yeah. And I, I like how it, uh, kind of ends on this which Grace has kindly highlighted um, <laughs> so if he was to uh, give Shant Matthew his name and take mm. um he was becoming a thief once more and the most odious of thieves he was robbing another man of his existence his life his peace his place in the sunshine he was becoming an assassin he was murdering morally murdering a wretched man um, yeah and I like that of like the idea of him being a thief and coming back to it with the petty... I was about to say Gavroche because I was listening to that episode again. <laughs> petty Javert. <laughs> petty Javert. God, we've done that a hundred God! Um, Me confidently corrects you with the name of another character. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the bread and this and like... Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and so Grace was saying earlier about like the two things in his head... His, the concealment of his name and the sanctification of his life. For the first time, they appeared to him as absolutely distinct, and he perce- perceived the decision. Fuck me. <laughs> For the first time, they appeared to him as absolutely distinct, and he perceived the distance which separated them. He was filled with terror, but it seemed to him that the good thought was getting the upper hand. I real, I do really like this chapter mm. because the idea of what goodness is isn't something that is definable and it Mm. shifts quite a lot and I think the like I don't know if Hugo was intending it but (laughs) I like to take away from it the 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 idea of like you can only do what you think is good Mm. and you can't rely on providence or god or like the idea that that person might be a bad person so I can act how I want you just Mm. have to act in a way that is controllable to you and so Jean Valjean eventually comes to the conclusion that, like, he has to try his hardest to save this man because that, for him, is what goodness is. He doesn't want to become a thief again and steal this man's name. And that's what he tries to do as hard as possible. Mm. Mm. So, like, yeah, even though it is really waffly, I, I like the waffliness because I like that it's not... He, it, it's that thing, again, that we were talking about with Fontaine, um, where she and the bishop, where they're not just simply good characters, they have mm. really, really like distinct human jealousy and like self-preservation, mm. and they really have to struggle against it. And yeah, I think that is what George Eliot was trying to come across with this: with like, yeah, yeah, this character finally feels human. Yeah, and you can feel all the pettiness, and you like like we were doing mm. just then. They're like, well, fuck him then, like, <laughs> yeah. like mm. that is so human and so like, mm. understandable, and so like whenever you've tried to do something that's really hard, but ultimately good, hopefully, and it's yeah, we were back and forth and stuff. Mm. I think you could definitely argue saying, oh, um, I don't know if 
Hugo intended for that to be the message, but like there's been a lot of getting different characters' personal versions of like what evil is and what mm. like even from the one we we just did with the two nans, that like her version of evil is lying. We know like Javert's like goodness is the law and evil mm. is not yeah. the law and just mm. everyone's different ones that he, I guess he, Hugo does take the time to point out and this is a seems to be a chapter of that mm. that that definitely feels like an intention mm. of Hugo's. I agree. <laughs> and it's definitely like it's the sort of that scene is the sort of thing that like I don't know about anyone else, but like literally happens in my head all yeah. the time. Like so mm. that's the sort of where you're like sitting trying to to decide what the right thing mm. is. And like it's always something which is very confusing and you can't work and you're like right mm. if we're coming from this perspective this mm. that and the other but what if we look through this frame what is this thing like mm. and it's the sort of thing that you just end up feeling very confused and lost about yeah. and it's like that being written down in a book like as a like okay this is not just me being a shitty person like mm. who can't make this something that's absolute mm. this is, is a human nature thing yeah. this isn't just a mm. me yeah. being a bad person thing yeah and like again like even after he's had this huge thing and he's like, no, right, I know mm. what I'm doing. I'm being a good person. So he goes to the, his, like, cupboard and he yeah. draws out his knapsack and um, it's got his, his like, effects. Yeah, mm. his, uh, the, the clothes he was wearing when he came out of prison. Um, Hugo does the thing where he's just like, if you had been on that road, you would have recognised them <laughs> as the clothes that he was wearing when he came out. Um, and it's also got the coin that he stole from mm. oh. Petit Ricky Gervais. Um, <laughs> And but even as he's like throwing these into the fire, right? He's still like there's this voice that comes in his head. And it's like Jean Valjean, Jean Valjean, and his hair rose upright. He became like a man who was listening to some terrible thing. Yes, that's it. Finish it. Complete what you're about. Destroy the candlesticks. Annihilate the souvenir. Forget the bishop. Forget everything. Destroy Champ Matthew. That's right. Applaud yourself. So it's settled. Resolved. Fix. Agreed. Here's an old man who doesn't know what is wanted of him. So it's like he. Hmm. Even got to the point where he was like destroying evidence mm. of like I know what I'm doing, mm -hmm. and still there's another thing. I interpreted that voice as the voice of God. It, that uh, there is the thing of there was someone, but the person who was there was someone whom human eye cannot see. Yeah, I think it is his conscience which which is than, like yeah. equated, especially in that chapter. Mm. The conscience is is equated to the voice of the voice of god as a... but then this voice is saying like destroy the evidence that you i i saw that as a like i the way when i was reading that mm. met it like not at, like almost in a sarcastic way oh, like right. you know like oh, yeah, yeah keep doing that reading, like, right? yeah that was like mm -hmm. go on then <laughs> yeah go on then like if this if what the thing that you're gonna do is like to mm -hmm. save yourself mm -hmm. um like that was the way that that, that i read that yeah no that's fair I yes <laughs> yeah yeah because there's um, that bit basically when it when it says like it's a it's a voice that the human eye can't see mm. and there's a, a part in the chapter which talks about um, the voice and humans talking to themselves mm. and like even when we talk to ourselves exclaim to ourselves which are yeah. all things that like happen in the say in the chapter mm. um, it is you talking to yourself in your head like there's one point then when it's explicitly said that he speaks aloud mm. that mm. that voice is not described as Jean Valjean talking to himself mm. it is the voice mm. which is not something that we've that we get 
else in that chapter at all like and the way that he is talking to himself is very explicitly made clear mm-hmm. um so it being the voice the voice which we cannot see and that sort of thing like to me is quite a heavy mm-hmm. implication that it is like meant it is the voice of god coming from inside him as it were when he's described as having made a concerted effort to come back closer to god mm. um through his actions mm don't know whether that carries for you yeah no definitely Mm. and like from this point on i was just kind of rereading it Mm. and it does his use of great god great god oh god Mm. what have i done kind Mm. of thing becomes more common in later chapters there is quite a lot of reference that hugo makes to points where valjean was really close to forgetting the bishop and forgetting god and i think this is one of those moments where he's like in that chapter could have completely just forgotten God and then he was at the breaking point of either Mm. sticking with God and being this person but it ends the chapter with Mm. him coming no closer to his decision on what he's going to do so because he puts he puts the candlesticks in the fire yeah like and like that's sort of like where he puts them in the fire because they could link him back to the bishop and to being Jean Valjean Mm. like he literally puts them in the fire and thinks of melting them down into just like a bar of metal Mm. and like that that's the sort of thing where that voice starts to like come in and that sort of and he comes back and and, and he's like and it and it's like like are you going to forget the bishop and everything Mm. that he did for you Mm. or are you going to come back to this yeah like he doesn't he doesn't decide until like the next chapter when the spoiler alert like what happens in the next <laughs> chapter is that the carriage appears at his door and he just gets in it yeah like so he doesn't actually make the decision mm. which i think like think is something that's really really interesting he's like just forced by like decisions that he made earlier mm. he just gets in and does the right thing yeah. like and that is a constant thing is... like we're not going to go into it now mm. but like that is such a constant thing like his decision making process is well I'll just go as far as God is letting me go. Mm. And it, like, right, I had the forethought to order a cab. So I'll get in the cab. Mm. And then I'll get to the end of the cab. And then once I get there, and it is that, I, I think it's also that panic and um, stress and another word I'm trying to reach for, but I can't think of, mm-hmm. of like, when you're just so overwhelmed with everything and you're like, I'll just do the next easiest yeah. thing. Yeah. And the next easiest thing for me is... It's the next best step and yeah. I can't think where that comes from. Uh, me neither, because I just heard a Magnus Archive episode where it happens, so that's right. all I can think of yeah. in my head. Mm. Um, it's an easy, good step for me to take, which is hurting no one. Yeah. I will get in the cab. Yeah. I think it was Frozen 2. Oh, oh, fuck no. off. Oh. <laughs> I, I was thinking about oh, it from Magnus Archive. Yeah, Frozen 2 doesn't yeah. count. No, I was thinking, I was like, where does taking the next best step? Yeah, like, where's that right, place yeah, from? Yeah, that it is. Fuck, yeah. like, bullshit bastard song. God, fuck that felt. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, on that note, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Decisions will be made in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely cliffhangered really yeah, well. Fucking, we yeah, who knows what it's going to be? <laughs> Fuck. I, yeah. for one, am looking forward to finding out. Yeah, more Shit. about what's going to happen. Fuck. This has been, I guess. This has been Brent Barricade's Lamest <laughs> Podcast, produced by me, Nima Martin, and Julian Yap. It was a Captain's Collections podcast. Our audio director is Jade, who you can find on her website, jadewasavi.com. And you can download our theme tune from her band camp. What we really need is people to review this show, because 
yeah, we just need more people to review this show. It would be great if people could. What's something that we can inspire people to say? Just like, do you enjoy listening to these three good friends talk about this pony thing play. that they're really passionate about? <laughs> <laughs> Five reviews and we'll talk about pony play more. Yeah. Ten reviews and we'll stop. Yeah, and also if you do review, screenshot it and at us on Twitter at Lamos Podcast or on Tumblr at breadandbarricades.tumblr.com um, or send it to our email, lamospodcast at gmail.com, L E S M I S podcast. Um, with your comments, questions, and quibbles. With your comments, questions, quibbles, um, comments, questions, quibbles specifically about pony play or latex would be uh, preferable. preferable. Um, if you like this podcast and you would like to donate some money, we have both a Patreon and a Kofi. Again, the more money you donate, the more pony play content that will go. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> we have dug this grave and we're going to lie in it. I dug this grave. I dug. <laughs> I dug. I dagged. Please don't dag, Grace. That is culturally insensitive. Is. What is dagging? Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for sticking it out. Thanks, I guess. I'm sorry, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this felt like the most quintessentially lamest podcast episode. This a really... taste of smorgasbord of everything that we're into. <laughs> it was a fucking tasting platter. <laughs>